Well, howdy, everybody. Welcome to Tales from the Group, a podcast set in the 80s that follow three kids on a quest to uncover the truth about a mysterious machine called the Loop. My name is Adam Foster, and I play Clayton Godwin, the robot-hating, risk-taking troublemaker of the group. <laughs> and my name is Tyler Linden, and I play Wesley Watson, outcast weirdo who wants nothing more than to be popular. Oh, I was so nervous I was going to mess that up. Oh, man. <laughs> my name is Corey Offenberger, and I play geeky ladies man that smells like ham, John Milady. And I'm Dustin Fleischman. I am your game master. Nailed it. Uh, this isn't my question for the day, but have you ever guys had uh, intrusive thoughts that you start thinking it and then you start to accidentally say it? Because I was like oh, no. trying real hard not to make a Mountain Dew reference and I was about to be like robot hating Mountain Dew drinking. And I like was thinking that <laughs> mid speech. And so that's why I mumbled over my words. Wait, oh, if, the, if the worst intrusive thought you're having is Mountain Dew, <laughs> you're fine. <laughs> but do you have a question for us, yeah, Adam? D- I do. I hate, I, I hate you. Oh, I, it's going to be bad. Now Now I'm going to like, now, we're already in that mindset now. So anyone that says do, I'm just going to chuckle in my head. So my question for you guys today is, what is something your parents told you that you wished you never knew? When I was younger, Ooh. I was about in middle school. I impossible. You've always been the same. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, was already big into comics before this, but like in middle school was when I really started to like go to the comic book store. My parents would let me like use my allowance on it, all those things. And one day, my dad finally tells me, and he's like, "Oh yeah, I actually collected comics when I was younger." And I was like, "Really?" And he had told me that when he first got polio. He was in the hospital, and, like, one of the gifts that people were giving him were comics. Well, listeners, my dad was born in the 50s, so uh, one of the comics that he was given as a child when he was in the hospital was Detective Comic Number 1, original issue. And he told me that his mother thought that comics were the devil because it was the 50s, (laughs) and she burned them. And oh so, if we still had that today, I don't look anymore. The first time I looked, I was like, I'm never doing this again. Was I looked up the price at the time, and I think at that time it was hundreds of thousands of dollars. Yeah, that's like one of the most valuable comic books of all time, I think. Yeah, it was legitimate detective number one, and it got burned. And It might be valuable <laughs> because there were a bunch of moms burning detective right, number right? one. Right, that's what it was. That's why it's so... <laughs> I have a lot of things that I, I cannot say on this podcast. <laughs> yeah so when i was in elementary school there was this um so basically like in elementary school there was this one day where i was pulled out of recess to take this test and i was told by like these teachers like oh don't worry this test is just it, like there, it doesn't count towards anything um you know we're, we just have to take like we have to give this test to like all students So this was, like, during the recess period. I think it was in, like, first or second grade. And I was thinking, you know, the one and only thing that I want to do right now is, like, go back outside and, like, run around and play with my friends. And so, like, being that I was told that the test was meaningless, I just kind of blazed through it. And then, like, two weeks later, the same thing ended up happening. But this time around, the teachers told me, like, hey, this is, like, a really serious test. This does count towards, like, your grade um, please take it seriously and, you know, begin. And it was the same same test, whatever. So this time I was, like, a little more panicked. Ended up, like, taking the test a bit more mindfully. 
Come to find out later, like I'm talking years and years later, that my mother revealed to me, and this is the thing that I wish she never told me, that basically that was the test that put you in the academically gifted program. And my parents and the principal basically conspired to have me retake the test and lie about how important it was, which I mean, obviously it's important because it gets you into like an AG program uh, in order to basically get me to go like into this academically gifted program. (laughs) So all of this to say, I wish my parents ever told me that because now I know where the root of all of my anxiety about being a high performing student came from. (laughs) Isn't that fun? (laughs) When I was younger, I think I figured out that Santa wasn't real at like a pretty young or a pretty normal age. He found out when he was 15 folks. (laughs) 23. (laughs) I think I figured out that Santa wasn't real at a pretty like normal age. I don't remember what age. 18. Um, (laughs) I remember finding out before my parents like ever told me, like I figured out, Oh, I know, I know where the presents are, but I like, I like held it as this weird like point of pride that like, oh, I know Santa's not real, but (laughs) they don't know that I know that. And I'm going to like one up them and I'm going to tell them I know. (laughs) I remember driving back from somewhere with my dad and it was just me and my dad in the car. And I I don't know what we were talking about, but it was definitely like a more serious chat. And then we were talking about Christmas or something. And he finally was like, so, you know, you pretty much know Santa's not real, right? And I was like, Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, no, I I knew that. But I was so mad that he was the one that got to say it first that my parents <laughs> told me, like, little kid me was so mad about that that I, I wanted to be the one to show them up. And now they're coming out here making me look like a fool. Yeah. <laughs> I just, Which is so stupid, but I wish that they had never told me that so that I could have been the first one to tell them. I was so gullible. I think I believed in Santa until I was like 12 years old. I'm not going to lie. It was. It I was don't even know bad. like what the right age, like when do people normally start, like when do people's parents stop telling their kids that? Yeah, especially now with the internet. Yeah, that's my, true. Like my, my mom... My mom was so like into Christmas and she loved like the spirit of Christmas so much that she would go around and she would actually take um I think I think she would just like take her finger or something and she would make like footprints mm. in the ground and be like, "Oh my god, an elf was here." You need to be he's like you you need to behave because the elves are watching, you know? But she was like like I said she was all about like the spirit of Christmas and absolutely loved that. I'm going to kind of piggyback off of Tyler's in the sense of that it's also about Christmas and like about Santa, but it isn't that um, like the belief of Santa. It was when I found out that Santa like wasn't real and stuff. It made sense. We, I come from like a low income family when I was growing up, we didn't have a lot of money. And once I like found out that Santa wasn't real, I got to kind of see like the behind the scenes of how everything played out with like my sister and her kids or like my mom and like my parents and like my younger sister and Mm. seeing all of that was very stressful because as a kid, Mm. as a kid, you're like, oh, I'm getting presents. But it's like, I know that we come from a low income family. There's no way that my mom could afford all of these gifts. So I know Mm. it has to be Santa, right? Santa has (laughs) to be real. And then seeing the backside of it with like my mom just like breaking out in tears. Like she's like, I can't afford to get all these gifts, you know, stuff like that. I I wish I wouldn't have like 
seen that side of that because it does like as a son like break your heart to see your parents yeah struggle in yep. that in that sense so but yeah that's uh to, i really brought the mood didn't i you know I, I was, <laughs> oh, yeah. we why do we always do that with these questions it's always like t- like we're on a roll we're funny and then the last one is always like, yeah, yeah well it's like again it's like it I, down. I couldn't come up with something that i could say because there are things that i have but are very private and i can't yeah, yeah. but yeah. that was actually a very like sweet thought out yeah. like for yeah, sure, that's a good one. you know, I'll yeah. bring it. I'll bring it home. And I think I mentioned this on the podcast. But the way I found out that Santa wasn't real, I was like, "Mom, Dad, why do all the toys have UPC barcodes on them? Like at the store?" <laughs> that was how I figured it out. And like a, a a parent who is more creative would have been like, "Well, the elves needed an inventory tracking system too," but they were like, "Santa's not real." So <laughs> yeah. I, I will say that my the best image I got out of this was I just imagined like young Tyler just in the back seat while Dad's driving, and it's just like <laughs> like all right now like you need to be be nicer because like if not Santa might not come, and it's just like him like all serious like Dad it's it's okay. You know, we were making jokes earlier about me being older when I found out or when that conversation happened, but I feel like I was maybe sitting in the front seat if when yeah. I picture that memory in my head, so maybe I was older yeah. than I thought. Ooh, anyways, Adam, get us out of here. Yeah. <laughs> are we ready to play pretend? Yes, we are. I'm ready. So last we left off, you met up with Clayton's dad in Langley Bunker, and he revealed to you that all of your dads used to be colleagues and close friends, um, but there was an incident at the loop uh, that caused sort of the friendship to fracture. He explained that Gliffy was part of a collection of robots that both Wesley and Clayton's dads were working on sort of as a fun side project, and they recruited John's dad for help. He explained that Gliffy was a part of a collection of robots that uh, all the dads were working on as sort of a fun side project. They recruited John's dad for help, but things kind of took a turn when Wesley's dad started behaving erratically after witnessing something the night that he disappeared. And he said, uh, if anyone knows where the rest of the robots are, it's going to be John's dad. Um, So uh, we're going to pick up sort of the next day, the next morning you all spent the night in Langley Bunker. I want all of you to roll a D6 for me. Just Just one? one. Just one. I got a two. (laughs) Uh, I got a one. I also got a one. Hey. So, John, you're the first person to wake up. And when you roll over, you see Clayton's dad sort of over this workbench and he's doing something like he's putting together something with his hands um, and he turns over and sees you and he's like, oh, hey, good morning. Um, you sleep OK? Uh, I mean, it's kind of been stressful. I, I honestly I've been I've been up all night. I've, I just I don't know what to do. I'd, I'm stressed about having to talk to my dad. Uh, but uh, what are what are your, what are you doing over there, Mr. Godwin? Oh, uh, nothing. Um, well, yeah, actually, um. All right, look, I was just thinking the other night, I've been up too, like, I couldn't sleep, um, you know, thinking about all of this, and then also, like, I don't know if you're smelling this, but, like, something smells like rotting ham in this, like, tiny bunker. Um, <laughs> uh, that's it's very weird. weird, I've never experienced that before. Um, <laughs> but look, you know, if you if you do end up talking to your dad, um, I, I just, could you give him this? And he hands you an envelope. Um, a sealed envelope. And he says, you know, like, just 
maybe if he doesn't, if you talk to him and he doesn't want to give you any information, like just, just give him this. I, I don't know. Um, don't, don't, don't open it. Um, if you don't mind, just give it to, like, give it to him directly. I got you. Yeah, no, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll pass this on to him. We just got a letter. We just got a letter. We just got a letter. I wonder who it's from. Well, it's from it's from no. Mr. Godwin. We know who it's from. It's just, <laughs> oh, yeah. Allegedly, allegedly. Uh, I uh, I I kick or not. I I don't kick. I wake up. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I I, I, w- I wake up the other guys. Okay. He no no. This is what he does. He literally goes up to, to Wesley. He's like, "Hey, Wesley," and he's like slowly like you know like like running his hand through his hair just being like it's time <laughs> it's time to wake up buddy and then it's just like 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 my bunk or is like right beside his and he just like kicks mine like while he's doing that like clay like, in. Clay, let's go <laughs> i like how you're playing john's character yeah. now <laughs> <laughs> look at me look at me i'm the john now <laughs> uh good good morning john wow i actually slept really good how did you sleep i haven't been able to sleep a wink my i i feel like i feel you know like when you haven't gone so long without sleep um, that you become all jittery and you just don't know what to do with your hands. Like, I just I don't know what to do with my hands. Yeah, I've noticed you're doing like the Steve from Blue's Clues. We just got a letter dance. Well, that's because I just got a letter. Uh, can I roll to cl- uh, kick Clayton awake? I don't think John hit him hard enough. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Roll for roll for uh, what is it? Roll for force. Force. Oh, no, I have zero. Oh, I have one. I have one because you have body. one force. Oh, I got a six, though. Nice. Um, so you kick him. And I should have mentioned this at the top. So, like, being that you all fell asleep, all conditions are now healed. But you kick him so hard no, that, no. that Clayton, you're going to take the injured condition immediately no. upon waking up. Oh, no. So sorry. Oh, oh. Clayton, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to hit you that hard. I was just trying to be fun and oh, no. playful. I'm so sorry. Oh, no, it's okay. I, I'm a... Yeah, if you couldn't tell, I'm a pretty light sleeper usually. I look at Wesley. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. nice, and I go go for a high five. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Frankie also wakes up and he goes, <laughs> and then like makes a noise that sounds like a spine popping, which is bizarre because it's a you know he's a robot. I have so many lumbar problems. <laughs> Frankie, you're a robot. Frankie, how are you even sleeping? We never even programmed you to do yeah. that. <laughs> you just turn on and off. I have an idle mode, and he, he just, here, look, and he demonstrates, and he basically shuts his eyes off, and, like, you know how, like, Max had the little, like, white light on the front oh, of him, yeah. like, on his <laughs> chest plate, there's a little white light that, like, slowly fades in and out. <laughs> so, I guess today we gotta go talk to your dad, huh? Yeah, I'm just, I'm really nervous. I, I, I haven't been home in, like, the last couple days, and I, I'm just... That man is terrifying, all right? Let me tell you, when he gets upset, <laughs> it is it is honestly, I can already feel the belt against my bare butt. I can feel oh. it. Oh no. Greg is over in the corner and he's like maybe like fixing up like a bowl of oatmeal for himself and he's, he just pauses and looks up like, "Should I say something?" And then he's like, <laughs> "It's probably fine." And he keeps yeah. he keeps working out his breakfast. I'm like, "Don't worry, it's the it's the 80s. This is yeah. normal back then." <laughs> it's the 80s. <laughs> it's the 80s. Well, John, I think your dad will probably appreciate if we're just totally honest with him, right? Yeah, I'm just I'm hoping that with this letter that that Mr. Godwin gave me, I I hope I hope my punishment is a little more 
a little more lax, and he gives me a little more leeway. Ooh, what's it say? Wait. Yeah, what is the letter? I don't, I don't know, but he he told me not to read it, and I I kind of wanna I wanna respect his privacy, and uh, I look at I look at Clayton, I'm like, and that includes you. You are not getting your hands yeah. on this. <laughs> Wait, yeah, yeah <laughs> you you said it right. Respect his privacy until we get in the car. <laughs> no, no, until we get to my house, and I can hand him hand my dad this letter. I give Clayton a thumbs up from behind John's back. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, Penelope also wakes up and, uh, Greg looks over and says, oh, good morning, sweetie. Um, I, I have like oat bars. Does anyone, does anyone want oat bars before you all leave? And Penelope just kind of like glares at Greg and goes, no, no, I'm fine. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll take one. I could go for an oat bar. You don't have Captain Crunch? Ooh, here's the thing. I don't. I, you know, this is kind of like a bunker that I had to, like, you know, get to immediately and, you know, hide out. And so if I got the Captain Crunch, I would have also needed milk. And milk is not really, you know, a great thing to, like, transport in the desert. So it was going to get moldy in here. And I was trying to avoid the mold so that I wouldn't stink up the bunker. But I guess that kind of failed because it smells like rotting meat in here. And I don't know why. (laughs) Um, so no, I just have the oat bars. I go into my bag. I'm like, Hey, uh, Hey Wesley, would you like this? And I pull out like a three day old sandwich. That's like moldy. And that's where the, that's where the nasty meat smell is coming from. No, that's where the rotting dead smell is coming from. The meat smell is still around. Oh God. Okay. Okay. I would say we could throw that in my garbage, but please take that and discard it outside. If that's where the smell is coming from. I don't want that. Yeah. I'll just, I'll just take the oat bar. I, I throw it outside, but for some reason it still smells like rotten meat, and I don't know why. <laughs> okay, you all get one oat bar. Hey. Oh, yeah, I uh, I look at Dad, and I'm just like, I'll, I'll take another one for, for Penelope, too. Uh, roll for charm. It's been a hot while since I've had to find uh, skills on a character sheet. <laughs> oh, I got one six. I was about to be like, I got four fours, and then I got one nice. six. Nice. So you have two oat bars hell yeah i'm about to eat both of them no i'm just kidding (laughs) (laughs) so mr uh well two questions penelope are could you drive us over to john's house and to uh mr godwin is there like do you have any security cameras you can make sure that those monsters are gone before we leave this place yeah he points up to an old crt and he's like yeah i've been monitoring all morning i haven't seen any of those creatures or anything roaming around say you should be safe but you know be on the lookout and penelope um turns to you and says like yeah um yeah we should probably go uh quick like let's go uh yeah oh okay yeah um i'll do anything you ask me milady <laughs> uh penelope just kind of ignores everyone and just starts like heading up the stairs to like the exit of the bunker I hate to see her leave, but I'd love to watch her walk away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Greg calls up and says, like, I love you, honey. And she doesn't respond. Um, Mr. Godwin, are you looking for a son-in-law? <laughs> um, no. <laughs> okay. Can I roll, um, can I roll, would this be sneak to imitate Penelope's voice and be like, I love you too. <laughs> um... You could maybe roll for... <laughs> would, would that also be charm? I feel like it would be charm. Because you're lying. Yeah. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha, I got a six. <laughs> um, you see, like, a like Greg crack, like, a small smile. Like, ooh, I'll take that victory. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll be seeing you around, uh, Dad. Don't do anything I wouldn't do. Yeah, I'm not going to do that. Um... 
Yeah, just look, be where safe. Yes, and beware. Um, no, beware I was saying be look, safe. look where, look where. Um, Wait, where, where are we being? Where? What? No, I mean like beware, as in like wear what makes you feel like you're your own being. Oh no, no, no. he's saying <laughs> beware of the were bears. Yeah, you yeah, know, that's kind of like wow, a, your dad's a real slam poet. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> also, you should look out for danger. Oh. Oh, okay. You should all probably leave. Guys, I think we're going to miss our ride. Yeah. Penelope's <laughs> like in the car. You just hear honking. <laughs> My lady. And I just run off. I run as well. Uh, I'm like running out and I turn around and I'm like, uh, Mr. Godwin, thanks uh, for being honest about my dad. Roll four, investigate. Oh, okay. Uh, I did not get a six. Wait, did, did, did you, Tyler? What's your mind? Uh, my mind is zero. I always wait. I thought I had. <laughs> did you change my? Hold on. <laughs> I'm looking at my mind skills and I'm like. I do feel like I used to have really good investigate, but I have zero <laughs> He went in earlier. He hopped on. He was like, I'm going to fuck with this character sheet. So, yes, you do have a five in mind. Okay, oh, five. Great. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I, and I, I was so tempted to just roll with it. And I'm like, I can't mess up the episode that badly because we need his mind. <laughs> so I think because he messed with me, I should be able to get to re-roll all eight dice, not oh, just the oh, five. Oh, yes, yeah, you're allowed to do all eight. Yes, of course, I'll allow okay. that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wait, guys, that's perfect. Okay, so now when anyone is about to roll something important, just mess with their sheet, or at least say it did, and then we can re-roll. I got four sixes, Adam. <laughs> Holy fuck, seriously? <laughs> yes. All right, do you want to enhance the scene or pocket one of them, uh, bad boys? Uh, enhance that scene. Okay, you can see Greg, like, wince, and he's like, uh, yeah, uh, of course. Uh, of course. Yeah, I'm really sorry about your dad. Uh, and you could tell in that moment that there's something he's not telling you. Mr. Godwin, is there a detail maybe that you left out? A detail? Like, what are you talking about? You know, we're about to go some do something dangerous, and I'm about to leave, and who knows if we'll see each other again, right? You know, you wouldn't want to leave me hanging, right? Wesley, we can't... You can't think like that. You can't think... Like, you've got to think positively, right? We're going to see each other again. Everything's going to be fine. Okay. Well, thanks for what you did share with me, and I start running up the stairs. Be, be safe, and please take care of my son. He's, you know how he is. Yeah, yeah, I do. <laughs> Anyways, I'm going to go make sure he's not uh, hurting himself right now. And in that moment, you see Clayton is trying to get to the cars, playing the floor is lava, and he's just standing on all the trees. <laughs> Clayton, I just promised you. Uh, you know what? Never mind. Just get over no, to the No, you got to get, get up here fast. The floor is lava. Okay. I got up on a stump. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's not lava. Great. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so you all make your way back to the car and you see Penelope is kind of like moving some branches that have fallen or like some leaves off of the hood. And then she gets into the car and she just starts it and waits for you all to pile in. And so you all pile in. Frankie piles in. Gliffy piles in. It's a real tight <laughs> squeeze. Penelope just pulls out of the road and starts driving down the street. And she says, like, John, where does your dad live again? That's a good question. Um, let me ask uh, the god of this campaign, uh, Dustin. Uh, <laughs> yes. Where does my dad live again? 
Your dad lives on the poor side of town. Oh, uh, we live on the poor side of town. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, cool. You just be my eyes and tell me where I need to go. Yeah, I'm just going to drop you off, and then I think I just need to be alone for a second. Yeah, that's fine. We, we've put you through a lot. You've helped us out a lot. And we, we appreciate everything you helped us with. We don't want you to, you know, we don't want to put you in any more danger. Yeah, I, uh, I do appreciate it, sis. Penelope doesn't really respond. I think we should just give her some space. I appreciate you too, Clayton. Oh, thank you so much. Clayton, get your hand <laughs> out of my bag. Stop grabbing for the envelope. You can't have it. <laughs> oh, well, I don't know what you're talking about. I thought that was my bag. My bad. I was looking for my rope, you yeah, know, because I, uh-huh. I, I need the rope at this moment because you never All know. That, the only thing in my bag right now are Twinkies. Okay, well, hold on. Just speaking of that letter, did he tell you why you shouldn't open it? He didn't tell me why I shouldn't open it, but he told me that if my father gave me any issues or didn't believe us for any reason to give him this letter and that it should hopefully help us in the, in in our situation. So, but again, well, I don't so know. So, here's the thing is any adult we've ever come into contact with has not played fair or played by the rules. You already are saying that your dad is really scary and you don't know if he's going to help us. You're already on thin ice with him. Shouldn't we maybe just like eke at what it says just to just to know what we're getting into. I mean, maybe it's going to save us, but maybe it's not. Look, when I was leaving the bunker, I was just chatting with your dad, Clayton, and I got the sense that maybe there's something else he didn't tell us. And so, I don't know. I mean, I we could trust him. He gave us all that info, but he's clearly not telling us everything. So maybe what's in that letter is something we need to know. Yeah. And I get that, but the thing is, and my dad, he's scary, but he's never really... I, I wouldn't say he's really lied to me. Like, all of this stuff about the Louvre, I mean, that's just his job. I've never really asked him about his job. I didn't know any of this stuff that was going on. Why would his job have anything to do with me, right? So, my dad's scary, but he's fair. I think that if we take a look at this letter, then that will create distrust between us and Clayton's dad. And Clayton's dad is one of the only people that have believed us so far and have have really kind of like is trying to help us. I understand that he might not be telling us everything, but I also do believe that he's doing it for our sake. He is trying to keep us safe because he still loves Clayton. He still loves his son. He doesn't want to see his son get hurt. Yeah, he don't give two shits about Penelope. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding, sis. <laughs> I don't know. I just feel like no one's playing by the rules at this point. So why are we still doing it? And, and like, is he going to know that we looked at it? Like, how would he know unless we said we did? He wouldn't know, but we would know. Like, I, I feel like if we cross that boundary, then that's just something that is like, oh, well, yeah, the we didn't play by the rules this time, but next time something like this happens, it's like, oh, well, it's already we've already done one bad thing. It's just going to cause more trouble, you know? But that's just how I feel. I mean, I can't stop you guys from from opening the letter. Okay, and I grab it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. If, John, you're the smartest fella I know. Hey. And so if you, Clayton, let's be honest, <laughs> it's not a contest. <laughs> Um, I feel like because I win. (laughs) If you truly believe that this is the right way to go, then fine. But if if there's something in that letter that we should know before we talk to John's dad and we don't open it and I don't know, it's some crazy trickle down effect to 
to another Mikey, then that's on you, okay? And I'll and I'll take responsibility for that. But the thing is, it's like if whatever's in this letter, the reason he's trying to keep it hidden from us is because ultimately it might hurt us or one of us. Like maybe maybe there's a detail in this letter that he doesn't want us to know because he's trying to protect us from something. Well, what if it hurts Clayton? That wouldn't be so bad, right? <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. No, no, no. It's, it's okay. Uh, you know, I think... Because uh, it could know. be a detail about the loop that if we know that information could put us in more danger. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And I just wink at Tyler at uh, Wesley. But with the other eye that's, like, closest to Wesley, so that way John just sees an open eye. What? <laughs> I think he's saying that Clayton is sitting in the middle of the back seat and John is on one side. Oh, no, I'm in the Wes passenger the... seat. That's how I viewed it. I'm in the passenger seat. Oh, okay. That's not, <laughs> you know what, know it's, not important. it's not important. It's not important. No, 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 like, let's say I look back and then, like, Wesley, you are to the left of me. John, you are to the right of me. I say it and then I do the wink. But, like, John's only going to see this eye. You see what I'm saying? Sure. I don't think that's well, how. Hold on. Hold on. But if you're in the passenger seat, right? And let's say I'm behind you. I don't see either eye. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, well like, I look back. I, my thing is like if he's turning, right? Yeah. He'd be between the two, the driver's seat, the passenger seat, be <laughs> looking behind, which means both of you have like an equal, your, your <laughs> yeah. field of vision is exactly the same. Well, Clayton doesn't know that. <laughs> So I'm going to just go ahead and say, John, you notice that he winks at Clayton <laughs> or Wesley. But, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, it will be good. Besides, besides what uh, what are you going to even say to your dad? I just I think we got to tell him the truth. As, as far as we've gotten, the one thing that I can say for sure is that lying is what's gotten us into this mess. We I have to. We've got to stop lying. It's like well, our, we never our, lied. Our, well, not us. Like, our parents have lied to us. Well, not my... I mean, like I said, my dad didn't really know anything about this, I don't think. But between, like, all of you the think. adults... Yeah, between all of the adults, like, Officer Smoke, like, your dad, Clayton, all these people have lied to us for so long about what's about the inner workings of, like, the loop and what happened with Sarah. It's like, I feel like that's what's gotten us into this mess. That's the reason why Mikey... Mikey died. That's the reason why Sarah got kidnapped. It's because nobody has said anything or told the truth. And I feel like we've got to stop that. We've got to break that cycle. Look, I'm I'm on board for not lying. If that's the plan, I'll do it. But everyone needs to follow along, not just us. I, I'll have that conversation with my dad. He, he, If I think that he's lying in any kind of way, then I'll let you guys know. And we'll, we'll try and figure something else out. I, but I don't want to rely on lying and if my dad doesn't you know come out with the truth then i don't want to rely on my dad either we need to stick in this together and we've got to figure this out on our own yes we have the help of clayton's dad we might have the help of my dad we'll see but ultimately we have each other and i think that's the the most important thing all right fine let's do it okay Penelope pulls up to John's house and says, uh, all right, yeah, yeah uh, get out. Uh, what you, uh, gonna be up to, sis, today? <sighs> I think I'm just gonna go home and, like, take another nap or something. I didn't get, like, a lot of sleep less. I just need to think. Oh, okay. Well, if you, if you need anything, you know, I, I'm, I'm right here. Yeah. Yeah, Liz, Penelope, I know, we're, 
I know that you guys are having a moment, but we, we're, like I said, we're, we're we are all in this together. So, I, if you need anything from us, let us know. Just just know that I know that you feel like your dad's been lying to you, but again, we will not lie to you. We will be honest with you. So if you need help, let us know. Yeah, thanks. I think the only thing that I need right now is to just be left alone for a little bit. But thank yeah. you. Well, well, good luck with that at mom's because I know how that can be. Hmm. All right, John, you ready to face the music? Not really, but I guess I don't have a choice. So uh, let's go. All right. So all of you pile out of the car with Frankie and Gliffy and you guys start approaching the house. We're all walking up like it's like a superhero montage. Uh, John, of course, you you walk first. Uh, you are uh, his son after all. Um, actually, and I'm I, terrified, so I'll stay back here. Actually, I, I think, uh, Frankie, can you uh, just 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 in case he sees me and he uh, wait. How do how do we explain Frankie and Gliffy? Should we should we leave them outside? Like, should they wait? Well, no, we gotta tell the truth. Uh, yeah, we gotta. I I feel like we've gotta. But wait, your dad might know, might recognize Gliffy. So actually, maybe that's a good thing. Yeah. We should have Gliffy knock on the door. <laughs> oh, I like that I idea. I like that idea. <laughs> Gliffy looks to his left, looks to his right, and then looks at like you all, and then like points to himself, and like it looks like he's blushing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. What do you think about all this, Gliffy? Oh, that's right. He can't talk. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, I walk up to the door, and I, uh, I I'm just gonna knock on on the door. The door swings open, and there is your dad, and he looks. Furious, his face is already red, like beet red, and he's like, "Where have you been?" Uh, uh, hi, hey, Dad. And then I, I like scurry behind Gliffy. Your dad responds like, "Oh, don't you go hiding behind that!" And then he he pauses because he sees Gliffy for the first time. Like this look of shock comes over his face, and Gliffy looks at him and kind of turns his head curiously. And like slowly puts a hand up and waves. At first, your dad doesn't really know what to say. And so your mom shows up at the door and she's like, honey, honey, why are you yelling? Oh my God, my baby. Oh, John, you're safe. Yep, I'm here. She runs out and, and pulls <laughs> you into a bear hug. Oh, mommy, I've missed you so much. And guys, I, I we have a lot to tell you. Your dad pushes past you and walks into the front yard and along the side of the house. And when he comes back, he has a like giant metal bat and he approaches Gliffy and he swings at it. Whoa, 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 whoa. Milady, please. <laughs> uh, can I roll force to try and stop him? Yeah, absolutely. Clayton's about to get whacked with a baseball bat by a grown man. Exactly. What better way to get him to stop? Because it's either I successfully grab him or he just hit a child. <laughs> <laughs> it's a win-win. <laughs> oh, thank God we got one six. So with one six, John's dad does hit Gliffy in the face with the baseball bat and it breaks sort of the neck of the robot and the robot shuts down and falls over. But before he has a chance to hit it again, you do grab his forearm and prevent him from swinging a second time. And then he drops the bat and he looks at John and says, where did you get this? Gliffy. Oh, no. I can. I, Our Gliffy. It's broken. I feel like this is. He's broken. <laughs> Crash. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> Again, I think that we need to con have a conversation inside the house instead of standing out here in the yard with everybody, you know, watching us. Ooh, roll for charm. One six. 
Okay, with one six, your dad's anger flickers for a second, and he looks up, and he looks, he scans the neighborhood, and he lets out this frustrated sigh, and he grabs Gliffy and slings him over his shoulder and brings him inside and just tosses him haphazardly, like, on the floor. Dang, John, your dad's a beast. And <laughs> your dad turns around, and he's like, I don't care how you do it. I want you to get rid of this thing first before anything i i have something i need to give you and i reach into my bag and i hand my uh my dad the letter from mr godwin what is this it's 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 from greg godwin he was he was the one that told us about these robots we're in trouble and we needed to talk to you and greg he looked after us while we were in trouble and he wanted me to give you this, and he, he said that it would be really, really important for you to read it. So I don't, I don't know what, what you think of him or what your relationship really is with him, because I know that, I know you guys have had problems. We kind of, we we talked a little bit, but I think it's really important that you read this letter right now. Your dad, his anger dissipates into sort of surprise, and then anger again. Like you could see his face is cycling through a bunch of different emotions. That letter better work wonders, John, because this whole telling the truth thing isn't getting us very far. He glares at you and then he glares at Clayton and he's like, I don't want this kid in my house. I don't want him here. And your that's mom. Okay, that's okay. See, look, th this is fine. And then I like walk over to a window and then I open it up and it's like, I'm right here. So I could be in the conversation in the living room. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just stay right here. John's mom puts a hand on her husband's shoulder and is like, Manny, Manny, it's the kid. The kid's innocent. The kid didn't do anything. Leave him alone. Although this is very bizarre behavior. I don't know why he's by the window. And <laughs> well, he said John, I wasn't allowed in the house. John, your dad um, rips open the letter and he unfolds it and he reads it. Roll for I'm just going to have you roll for empathize, John. One six. So your dad is reading the letter and you know your dad's emotions pretty well. And you see for the very first time something that's a little bit more unreadable in his face. Like there's this crack of like sadness and then he, the anger returns and then he crumples up the letter and without saying a word, he storms off. He goes towards your house's home office and he just slams the door shut and with such force that your mom jumps. She's like, you all look really tired. Have you had anything to eat today? Why don't I can fix these? Yeah, we had an oat bar. You have any Captain Crunch? I do have Captain Crunch. Do you just guys want to like <gasps> maybe come into the kitchen for a little? Let's just leave John's dad alone. He, um, he, let's just leave him alone, okay? Absolutely. Do you think, is there a window up there just to, you know, just to make sure he has natural light? What? What are you? What, yeah, there's windows in this house. You're standing right by one. No, I, I meant like in the office to make sure that he had enough natural light while he, you know. That's a very moment. weird question to ask. John, is your is your friend okay? Do we need to take him to the hospital? We're not entirely certain. Um, even when we <laughs> talked to his dad, his dad wasn't didn't seem like he was certain either. But but I think it is a good idea that Clayton stays outside because I think. John, if if your dad came back in and Clayton was inside the house, he would probably throw a fit. So maybe Clayton should stay outside. He can be anywhere he wants outside, but as long as he's outside, and I wink at Clayton. 
you know, he could look at any windows or anything. I, I, okay, I agree, <laughs> but I feel like for his safety, I feel like Frankie needs to stay with him. Oh, yeah, no, Frankie can stay with me. Yay, I love the outside. I love nature. <laughs> and I tolerate you, Frankie. Okay, well, Clayton, <laughs> if you, you know, want any food, I'm just gonna, like, let's just, let's leave him alone for a minute, okay? Oh, it's okay, I have an opar. Oh, crap, I forgot to give Penelope hers. <laughs> Looks like I got two opars. <laughs> <laughs> is is Gliffy's uh Gliffy's body outside or Gliffy's body is inside it's just on the floor he his neck is broken he is not responding John do you think this is something you could fix probably but the thing is I, I'm afraid if my dad comes out and sees uh sees Gliffy he's going to uh try and break it even more so can we uh, yeah, we um, can wait. We could wait. I just feel like Gliffy's done so much to help us and help Sarah. I know he's just a robot, but can you take Gliffy outside and uh, so I can talk to talk uh, to my mom? Your yeah. your mom interrupts and you're yeah. like, boys, boys, boys. Um, don't worry about the robot. I'll take care of it. Let's leave it. Don't bring it outside, okay? Um, we just I'll I'll take care of the robot, okay? Does that? Can we just leave it for a second? I don't want anyone to touch it, okay? What? Why? Um, so actually, actually, no, no, this is our robot. This, you can't, you can't take it. We'll, we'll deal with it. It's ours. We brought it. So, uh, Clayton and I are going to move it outside. We'll get it out of your house since it's, it's not your property, but no, you can't deal with it. it Gliffy is ours. Roll for lead. Uh, no sixes. But my friend Clayton has something to say. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, so no sixes, she looks at you and says, that's not really an appropriate way to talk to an adult, but fine. You can have the robot. Just don't do anything else to it. Okay? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, Mom. They... Been through a lot, and I, I I don't think Wesley meant to really snap at you like that. He just he's he's no, he's it's fine. You could bit. have the robot back. Um, it's state, but it stays it stays in the house right now. Okay, I don't want this outside. It's a big robot. Other people in this neighborhood might be looking. I want it in here. Fair? Can we compromise and we'll figure out a way to give it back to you? Fine. Okay. If that okay, that's fine. Uh, then can they at least take him to my room? John, why don't you just take him to the room and then come back outside and just we'll have some a snack in the kitchen, okay? I'm I'm making pocket hotties. Oh, oh fuck. <laughs> okay. Uh, so I'm gonna I want to take the I want to take Gliffy to my room, but as I'm taking it to my room, I kind of want to ex- inspect it to see if it is something that I can fix. Go ahead and roll for calculate for me. Good, because I have six in calculate. <laughs> I, I didn't get a six. Looking at Gliffy's body, you you don't know if it's recoverable based on the damage. So I take it to my room and I throw it in my uh in my room and meet back with the guys. So John, you come back into the kitchen and Wesley, you're just sitting like at the dining room table, like the little breakfast nook or whatever, and she's prepping some pocket hotties and she's like putting in the degrees in the oven and she's like, I never know. They keep saying 375 and it always comes out cold in the middle. I'm just trying to gauge it right. <laughs> um, uh, Wesley, uh, honey, I'm, I'm really sorry you had to see John's dad like that. That must have, that's, he's, he's got a temper. It, it's okay. I'm, he doesn't hurt anybody. He doesn't physically hurt anybody. I promise. 
Mm, oh, okay. That sounds like something sure. someone that gets. No, Mrs. Milady, we got it. We got it. He he doesn't physically harm anybody. He just needs to shout out his feelings, belt it out, if if you will. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. He's just. It's my husband. He's very loud. Um, why did you even go to Clayton's dad? Um, I don't think you should be talking to him. Okay. Oh. Um. Okay. Uh. We're in a lot of trouble, and we've found out some truths, and we've also learned of some lies, and it's gotten us to a point where we didn't know where else to turn. We know things that are going on in the loop. Clayton's dad works for the loop and is high up in the loop. I mean, I know dad works in the loop, too. Um, Clayton's dad is is on the run and we had to go find him. And when we found him, he kind of, he he told us most of what he knows. I don't think he's telling us the entire truth. The next person that we thought that could help us and didn't, I mean, I didn't know how he was going to react when we got here, but I knew he was going to be upset was dad. And I just, I don't know. But we also know all our dads were, well, maybe not friends, but coworkers at the very least. Yeah, and we knew we yeah, we know know of his their past and what almost I mean, kind of what happened with Wesley's dad. We don't we still don't know everything, but we're we're trying to figure it out. So your mom is very confused by everything that you just said, but she kind of interprets it in a different way and she goes, "Oh, baby." And she walks over and she pulls you into this really tight hug and starts like kissing your forehead repeatedly and she's like Look, I know it's been very, very scary out there with these bear attacks and, you know, being feeling like it's unsafe. Ooh, but honey, honey, I'm, nothing bad is going to happen to you, okay? In fact, things are looking up. Like, look, look. And she grabs a remote off of the counter and she turns up the volume on the TV in your living room, which is like behind you. And there's a news report about Sarah and the little like lower thirds is like missing girl found alive and well in Boulder City. And there's a reporter standing outside of a hospital, um, just like on the street, kind of like talking about the fact that Sarah has been found and is now recovering. She has lacerations, but otherwise she's conscious. She's like, okay. And your mom puts down the, she like lowers the volume again. She puts the remote down and she's like, baby, you don't have anything to worry about. Okay. I think maybe it just looks like you haven't had a lot of sleep you haven't showered and bathed in. Honestly, that's been an ongoing problem. Um, <laughs> it's just, I think maybe you just need some food in your tummy, a nice hot bath, and then you, you, you'll, you're safe here. You're safe in the house, okay? I you just, you know, when you disobey your father and bring things in that are triggering to him, like like talking to Clayton's dad, like it's just. Uh, that's that's what's gonna get you in trouble, honey. Not anything else. That's it's more than that. Those aren't bears. Those are creatures that are that are running around. I don't know what Clayton Clayton's dad put in that letter, but it's shaken Dad up to the point where I think Dad might know something. And I I want you to believe us. And I I, I know you're trying to console us, saying you know things like, oh, you haven't had enough sleep. We're, we're, we're stressed out. We're tired. We don't know what to do. People keep lying to us, and we just, we want the truth. Uh, roll for charm. One six. One six. So with that, she goes, 
honey, I don't know what you're talking about with these creatures, but yes, your dad and Clayton's dad were friends, but they're no longer friends. And it's a sensitive subject for him. And I think maybe what if you just let it go? Wesley jumps in and he's like, I'm Mrs. Godwin. I'm sorry. (laughs) Are you freaking actually? Sorry. That's not what I meant. Are you fucking kidding me? Mrs. Mrs. Milady. Are are you stupid? Are you and everyone else in this town stupid? There's literally creatures waiting outside your door to rip your son into shreds. You saw what happened to that girl. Do you want that to be John? Do you want that to be your husband? Do you want that to be us? Are you that stupid that your son is telling you all this stuff and your husband is trying to tell you something through his emotions and you're sitting here saying we should eat granola? You didn't even get out the Captain Crunch that I asked for. You just went ahead and ate granola. Wesley, Wesley. I'm so over this. And I, I kind of like push John out of the way, like to get past him. And I start marching towards uh, the home office. Ooh, okay. Oh, okay. Oh, wait. In that in that moment, um, I would just like to say that, that Clayton is just going to look sneakily through the window of the office to just see what John's dad is doing. Okay. I'm going to kind of just grant that for you okay. um, based on what Wesley is doing. Yes. So, John, your mom looks shocked. I, I look pretty shocked, too, I feel like. And yeah. she looks over at you, and then she just kind of, like, looks over at Wesley, and she goes to stop him, but then instead she, like, thinks about it, and she's like, uh, um, and she grabs the phone, and she starts dialing up a number. And then she's like, John, why don't you just go to your room, maybe? Yeah? Okay. And so I, um, I'm, not, I'm gonna go to my room, and I'm going to attempt... I'm going to attempt to try and drag the robot out of my window. <laughs> I'm going oh, to okay. hurt myself, I can already tell. Oh my God. Uh, go ahead and roll for force. <sighs> no, I got it too. Okay, <laughs> so you fall out of the window with Gliffy, and Gliffy lands on you, and you are gonna take the injured condition. Okay. Um, Wesley, what are you going to do? So I go up to the office door, which I assume is shut, mm-hmm. and I just start, like, slamming on it. And I'm like, Mr. Milady, get out here! You don't hear a response from the other side of the door. What do I see? You look up and peer through the window, and you see John's dad's face buried in his hands. And then you start hearing a bang noise, and he looks up, and you can tell that he has been crying. Um, And he, like, wipes his face. And he gets up slowly and he walks over to the door and he opens it up. And so Wesley, you are now face to face with Mr. Milady. Okay. So I'm like, Mr. Milady, you have, you, oh, um, and then he kind of sees that he had been like, he has tears on his face. I assume I can tell he's been crying. Yes. Yes, you can. Um, And I'm like, oh, I, uh, um, oh, um, I'm so sorry. I, I just, wanted to ask you about my dad and now i see maybe there's something else going on i'm so sorry um no no um nope it's it's fine yeah what did you want to ask me about your um your dad you knew my dad and don't say you don't because i know you did greg greg godwin told us about that yeah yeah i i knew your dad um yeah you want to come and come and come come inside come inside yes thank you As you're walking in, you catch John's mother 
like peering through the doorway on the phone. And then she's like, oh, um, hi, uh, Miss uh, Watts. Um, you know what? Never mind. I think I just misdialed you. Um, yeah, I hope you're doing okay, okay? Yeah, all right, take care, bye-bye. And she just hangs up the phone and like looks at John's dad and they just kind of share this look and he escorts you into the office and he closes the door. He's like, yeah, so what did you, um, what did he tell you about your dad? He, Mr. Godwin told us that you and his dad and my dad all were working on these robots together and that, that my dad knew something and figured something out maybe you guys didn't know about and he stormed off and you never saw him again. Is that really all you know? So John's dad is a little confused. You could tell like he's kind of, he doesn't fully understand what you're saying, but mm-hmm. he's like, no, that's not, that's not what happened at all. That's, that's just your dad. I don't know. Your dad passed away or something. And then Mr. Godwin just stopped talking to me. We both know that that lab accident didn't happen. I don't know, but (laughs) it's the loop. It's the loop. And you can see like he's definitely cracking. There are like tears in his eyes. He's like, what are we going to do, kid? I don't I don't know what to tell you. In this moment, is is he just sitting in his office chair? Uh, He's pacing back and forth. Okay. Is the window unlocked? I, 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 and I'm not like saying I'm going to like open that shit wide open. I want to creak it just enough to where I can at least hear the conversation. You could test by rolling for force. Also, while all that's happening, I want to hide Gliffy in the bushes beside my house. Okay, go ahead and roll for sneak, John. Oh, but I got a six. Nice. Nice. I got one one six as well. (laughs) So with one six, John, you successfully hide Gliffy in the bushes. The reason I'm doing this is in case things go south and we have to try and like run and sneak. Yeah. And they Um, will go south. Yeah. (laughs) At least we have Gliffy hidden. So Clayton, you said you got one six as well, (laughs) right? Yep. So you are able to push it open just a crack so you can hear what's inside. And so John's dad continues and he's like, yeah, you know, you know, one, one, you lose a friend, you lose two friends, you don't have anyone else in life. That's just how it is, kid. You, you have no one else to turn to. I don't know what to tell you. You lost your dad. I'm sorry about that. I lost a good friend. I lost two good friends. He stopped talking to me after, after this happened. But, but Mr. Mulaney, Mr. Godwin, he told us to come to you next. He clearly trusts you. He clearly thinks highly of you that you had something that could help us out. I, that letter, like, what did that letter say? Did he, you know, did he make amends or or anything like that? I don't want to talk about the letter. I don't. Okay. We don't, we don't have to talk about the letter. That's, that's fine. But just tell it to me. What, what did he tell you? Well, he, he told us about the, the bots project and how it was him and my dad on it. And then they brought you in because you worked in the language modeling processing space at the loop and then they brought you in to help the robots try and talk but that eventually you know my dad kind of uh you know canceled the project by uh disappearing randomly sure yeah kid that's that's what happened why did he even tell you any of this well as you may have noticed um there are monsters uh running around the city right now they are calling them bear attacks but you probably know full well working at the loop that that's not the case and so 
we went to him to get some answers about what's what's going on with these monsters, what's actually going on at the loop, and he told us about all the teleportation research and, and the bots research, and and we're just trying to protect everyone, our friends, from these monsters and from maybe the loop, because it sounds like they're they're the enemy here. Yeah, that's pretty much what he said in the letter. I don't look at... I don't know what's going on at the loop. They don't tell me anything anymore. I just, I work in archives. But I've seen enough shit in this lifetime to know that the government should never be trusted no matter what. That's why I haven't voted in the past eight years. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're one of those. Um, When I was leaving uh, to come here, I thanked Mr. Godwin for telling me all that information about my dad because he was the first person who opened up about it and... I got the sense that maybe he was leaving something out. There was one more detail. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't put it past him. That dude is a fucking liar and a cheat. And Clayton is nodding to himself outside. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> so it's entirely possible that whatever he's telling you is you can't be trusted. That's yeah, true. Um, My dad, he didn't act weird. It's it's just it was just the loop that whatever he found at the loop that made him crazy. Like he never hinted, like, I don't know. He never said in a weird scenario where I'd have to disappear. I would disappear here. Son. No, I, your dad approached me and showed me these robots that he was building with Mr. Godwin, with Clayton's dad, with your friend. And they wanted me to sneak them a language processing chip. And I said, yes. And I was waiting around and I, no one ever came by my office. The, the next thing I know, my office is raided by some of the security guards and I was brought into a meeting and they demoted me immediately and put me in archives and I, I was shocked. I don't, I don't know. And I, then the next thing I know, I hear your dad is dead. And then I tried to reach out to, to Greg and he didn't, he wouldn't talk to me. So you're, I see that you're kind of getting to a point where it's like, okay, I think we've heard enough. Frankie, do you have anything sticky? Let me check my inventory. Nope, I've got nothing on my person. You've given me no items. You, you Oh, you don't have that super glue I gave you two episodes ago? That's not a real thing that yeah. you gave me two episodes ago. <laughs> you don't ago. remember that? No, I do not. Okay. Um, I have a pretty good memory. All right. Well, we're going to try something here, Frankie. Now, you got to, hey, you, you know, you're pretty fast, so you can get out quick if you need to. Um, sure. Yeah. You know right, me. Frankie. Speedy Frankie. Frankie. So what we're going to do is we're going to put some of my climbing chalk all over my rope, and I'm going to make it, make a knot like you, like, you know, like a lasso. Uh-huh. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to try and get the crumbled paper to at least fall off close enough to the door, the window that I can grab it. Okay, well that sounds like complete nonsense, but I love <laughs> complete nonsense. <laughs> yeah, so my plan was to like throw the rope to grab the ball, wadded ball. Okay. But like used, I was gonna chalk it up a little bit to at least make it grippy. Okay. <laughs> As this is all happening, I'm trying to make my way back to I guess like the living room area. Oh, so you put you went back inside. Yeah, yeah. I, I put like I said, I was just trying to hide Frankie in case we need to like quickly like get out Glyphy. and try and like or sorry, yeah, Gliffy. I 
just look up at John's dad. And I say, look, Mr. Milady, it seems like there's still a lot I don't know about my dad. Maybe you don't know. I don't know. You don't, you don't owe me anything. You don't owe me the truth. I don't, you don't have to tell me what's in that letter. That's, that's your business, but you do, you do owe it to John. You know, he, uh, he's a really good kid. And through all of this, he's had everyone else's best interests in mind. And he really is a smart kid and he's a hero. And really, if, if it weren't for him, that little girl, Sarah would have never been found. And so he's trying really hard to be a good kid and to impress his parents. And, and so, you know, I, I, again, I, I don't know what's in that letter or what the whole truth is, but you at least owe it to him to tell him the truth. But, you know, thank you for telling me everything that, that you knew. And I start to walk out towards the door. And John's dad goes, wait, wait. Yeah? Where did you find that robot? Um, he was, he was deep in some loop, uh, maintenance tunnels, uh, specifically the ones below the, the golf course. He was protecting that little girl, the one that was missing, our friend Sarah. He was, he was protecting her down there. He was? He, he was, he was being really gentle with her, and I think maybe he fought off some monsters, I don't know, but he, he was definitely trying to protect her. Wesley, sit down for a second. And he okay. just motions you to a seat, and he's like, look, my first job when they put me into archives was to do inventory and decommission, um... A bunch of those those robots just like that and you know the, your dad worked really hard on all those robots and i was told that i had to take them all to a warehouse inside of the loop and i was told to destroy all of them i couldn't do it because they turned one of them on and it's like i don't know it was like your dad's fingerprints were all over it right like the robot acts very friendly and it was your dad your dad was so was that kind of a person he's just a really friendly person and i just couldn't i could destroy them i think seeing all that outside just my son disobeying me bringing that into the house that kid clayton i I know it's it's stupid. He didn't do anything wrong, but it's just it was a lot. And so I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I I I I'm just sorry. But those robots they still exist. They're they're in a warehouse somewhere. You know where that warehouse is? Yeah, it's it's deep inside of one of the big main loop facilities. Um I'm just confused how one of them got loose. It doesn't make any sense how you found one of them. Wait, so, so you're saying you inventoried them and they were all present in that warehouse, including the one we found? Yeah, I... I think so. I... Well, like I said, I turned one of them on. Maybe I forgot to shut them off. Yeah, maybe that guy was... Maybe that one was Gliffy. Uh, maybe we call him I, Gliffy, by the way. Oh, okay. Sure. Gliffy. That sounds, that's very adorable. If I, uh, here, uh, I take out my loop map and I say, could you mark where the ro where the warehouse with the robots is on this map? I, I, I'm, I'm not saying I'm going to go just for research. 
Okay, I might go. I don't know. We're still figuring this out. John's dad hesitates. He's like, look, kid, I think you shouldn't. Uh, he kind of lowers the map with his hand. And he goes, I'm not going to put it on the map where where the robots are. I'll I'll just take you there. You would do that? You would help us out like that? Yeah, I we got to be sneaky. You got to be really sneaky and quiet. And is that going to be tomorrow? Uh, okay. We just need I need time to figure this out. OK, yes, of course. Of course. Uh, thank you. And please, you got to tell your wife I'm sorry, because uh, I maybe blew up on her a little bit uh, by accident. And uh, John's dad kneels <laughs> down. He's like. Wesley, you gotta respect women, okay? <laughs> you got it, Mr. Mulaney, I promise. That is From not okay. Out. Do not yell at my wife. She didn't do anything wrong. In fact, she's a she's the head bitch in charge in this household. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. No more of this chauvinist garbage. Thank you, Mr. Mulaney. And John's dad also says, like, you think my kid, you, my kid good? Mr. Mulaney... He's not good. He's the best. I mean, I am. I am a little hard on him, but you know, I just want to make sure he's okay. Yeah, and and I think he's doing okay. You know, maybe maybe just asking him how he feels after all this could help. Yeah, how he's sleeping. You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't do that, but maybe I don't know. It's hard being a dad. Yeah, I um, I imagine it. It probably is. Well, thank you. For everything should we well, well i'm gonna i'm gonna go back out in the living room uh with everyone else and you should come yeah sure just just give me a minute of course and i uh head back out yes yeah so you walk into the living room and you see um mrs milady kind of glare at you and her lips purse and she's like wesley i think maybe you need to go home you know maybe um maybe cool off yeah, I, I think that's probably for the best. Um, John, uh, you and you and Clayton, give me a call later. We can we can just chat a little bit. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm going to go home and, and see my mom. Yeah, I'll uh, yeah, I'll call you later tonight. And then, Clayton, where are you? So I am still at the window waiting to see now that uh, Wesley walks out. I want to see what what his dad's doing. Yeah, you see John's dad watch Wesley leave, and then he sighs and walks over to the desk again. He picks up the sheet of paper that's crumpled up, and he unfolds it, and he kind of uses the edge of the desk to smooth it out a little bit, and he reads it again. And you see, like, there's, like, a little tear, like, a tear in his eye that he, like, kind of, like, wipes away. And then he carefully folds the letter and opens up a drawer next to his desk and puts it inside, closes it, and then takes out a key and locks it inside of the desk. Uh, and then he gets up and he walks out of the office. I'm guessing he took the key with him? Yes, he did. Nothing a little rope and climbing chalk can't break <laughs> open right at him. <laughs> I would like to chalk my fingers up. No, I'm just kidding. Okay. He's going to whittle the chalk into the shape of a key. Yeah. <laughs> so, Wesley, you leave out the front door and you see Clayton by the window. Clayton, what are you, what are you doing, bud? <laughs> oh, sorry. Um, wait, Clayton, I, I have some good news. Oh, don't worry. I heard everything. You heard every. Were you were you listening in the window? No, I would never. 
No, not Clayton. Not Clayton Godwin wouldn't do that. No, not Clayton Godwin. Well, here's the thing. Frank is like, I've learned that we're supposed to lie now, so he definitely wasn't listening through the window, (laughs) even though we're standing by the window. Oh, wait, that's right. We were supposed to be honest with each other now. Yeah, no, I was staying by the window. I heard everything. (laughs) Well, then you heard that John's dad is going to take us to the warehouse. So uh, we got to get a real plan together, but I'm leaving. I'm going to go home for a little bit and get some rest, so... Maybe you could communicate that to John. If not, you guys should give me a call later and we'll we'll chat about our next plans. Yeah, I, well, I was just wondering, um, do we want to know what's in that letter? I mean, I do, but I just I like I'm 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 on the fence now because like he's taken us to see the robot, so I'm scared that if I mess up and he hears something, then he won't take us to where the robots are. Yeah, I kind of already said my first curses ever at his mom, and then oh, nice. he kind of is is offering to take us to this place to, for these robots. So yeah, maybe it's not the best idea to be like screwing around with uh with his stuff. Yeah, uh, yeah, because if it was he put it in a drawer, which I was like, hell yeah, just a drawer. Um, but it has a key, and he he locked it up. But, like, I'm a pretty strong guy. Well, look, here's what I'll say. Well, actually, I'm not going to say anything else. I said what I said. But anything that happens from the moment I leave, (laughs) I won't know about. And I pat Clayton on the back and I start uh, walking off. Start walking home. Clayton, to himself, is like, see, this is why you should have took the damn letter when you had the chance here this is what happens clayton see when you don't take matters into your own hands it just screws you over in the end he's just having a straight monologue right now because clayton was like i'm gonna be good i'm not gonna try and open it because then that good karma is gonna come back to me and then i will find out what opened it and then it was like you know what it's still kind of like i have a chance because the letter's out no i'm gonna wait because like you know good karma and then now it's just locked away were you talking to me (laughs) No, yeah, yeah, I was, unfortunately. Frankie, uh, I just want you to say yes or no. Yes. Yes? Yes. Okay. I don't know what I'm saying yes to, but yes. All right, well, I really want to know what's in the letter. Um, (laughs) I'm getting really, I'm going to be greedy. Clayton wants to sneak in and see, and he's going to, like, leave the window open, open, open. Like, like not all the way up, but like definitely enough where he could like quickly shut if he needs to. Um, and I want to see if I can use force on the drawer. Like if I could just pull it really hard, if it would open. Okay. So roll for sneak first and then roll for force next. Uh, I knew you were going to have me. I was trying to bypass it again. (laughs) (laughs) What's my sneak? Okay. My sneak is, oh shoot. Cause I am, I forgot that I got injured earlier. Oh, we got one six. Thank God. Nice. Um, so you successfully sneak inside and then roll for force. I'm using a luck point. Okay. <laughs> you would think with six dice, you would get one six. We got two sixes. Enhance a scene or pocket. Uh, we're going to enhance that scene. So you successfully force the drawer open and you see the folded letter and you pick it up. I, do, I don't want to pick it up. No, I just want to literally all I want to do is I want to open the drawer. I want to read it if I can real quick and then dip out. I'm not keeping okay, it with cool. me. Cool. I'm going to cut away for half a second. Okay. John, once Wesley leaves, all of a sudden there's a commotion coming from the TV 
and it sort of catches everyone's attention that's in the living room. And this ambulance peels into the parking lot and the reporter kind of like loses focus. And the cameraman pans over and zooms into the ambulance because there's like a rush of people. And the camera actually catches someone being wheeled out who has serious gashes all over their body. And then the camera kind of like folds down like to the ground. And the reporter is like, seems like there might be some situation here at the hospital i'm gonna throw it back to the uh to the to the news desk um for a moment so when you see this body it looks mangled even though the person is still alive and your mother immediately like rushes up to you and like covers your eyes just like oh my god oh my god that's oh oh i hope that's okay (laughs) live news you know um, honey, why don't we go <laughs> watch something else or no, mom, you know? we, no, mom, we need to watch this. This is this is what's been happening. This is this is what's happening at the loop right now. We've we've got to watch this. So as the reporter mentions, they like kind of cut back to the news desk, and you just see like a guy who kind of seems a little flustered, and he's like, "Uh, yeah, it seems like there might be situations. We apologize for our viewers for any graphic images that were on screen, and then they just kind of move on." And she's like, honey, I really, I really think that we should watch something else. Like the news is, it's, it's so, the world is just such a scary place, you know? Seems like whatever was happening, it seems like they're glossing over it again, like they always do. So. And John, you look up and your dad kind of like looks at you and he kind of like just quietly nods in your direction. And he like watches alongside you. Clayton, you open up the drawer and you fold open the letter and you... Um, start reading it, and it says, Manny, Warren's last words to me were, please keep our kids safe. I've spent the last few years trying to honor that promise, and I fucking failed. I know there's absolutely nothing I can say to convince you to ever trust me again, but please trust your kid. Trust our kids. They are far smarter than I'll ever hope to be, and even though what they're suggesting might be the furthest thing from keeping them safe, They just might find a way to fix what I've broken. But don't do it for me. Do it for Warren. I miss you. Greg. And that is where we will end our episode. Thanks for listening, folks. If you enjoyed that episode, please leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening to this. And tell your friends about us. Reviews and word of mouth are the best ways to support us. Make sure you follow us on Instagram and threads at Tales from the Group and on X, formerly known as Twitter, at TFTGPod. You can follow me on Twitch at Sir Valentinian. That's Sir Valentine. Drop the E at I-A-N. And you can follow me on Medium. I post short stories there. I am at Dusty Tones. You can follow me on Threads. At, no, I'm <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, No, that, that will be outdated by the time this comes out. Um, <laughs> Wait, leave it in, though, because by, I want to know. Yeah, how does that age? Oh, boy. <laughs> and our podcast art is by Haley Foster, and you can follow her on Instagram at doodlesbyred. We release new episodes every other Thursday. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any more breaking points due to Captain Crunch. (laughs) And some other things, I guess. Until next time. Okay, bye.
over sort of in the corner, there's a workshop um, bench. Sorry, let me take that back. No, it's fine. I love spending hours of my life editing these. Let me take that back. Yeah. 